Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Slow Delay Films. This has been quite a while. Um, it's been weird without Walking Dead Thursdays. Um, if you have listened to my podcast regularly, I I used to do it. Well, I do a thing on Thursdays called Walking Dead Thursdays, where I just talk about Walking Dead. Um, since the show is well, since the main show is no longer airing, I decided not to like continually talk about Walking Dead. Because it, it, it would just be too draining. <laughs> so I just took a break from the show. and But yeah. Um, it is now May. Which is so weird. Um, this year is going by so fast. And uh, yeah. So usually for May. I always kick off May. With like big summer movies. And uh, this year. I really wanted to do. Last year I don't really remember what I did. Because you know that was like really the first few months of quarantine. And I feel like I did this. Um, I think I did this. I don't remember off the top of my head. But. Uh, um, I watched. Really uh, this. For this summer I plan to watch. Or really for May, I plan to watch. Really, I'm, I I said three, but now I'm going to add a fourth one to that list. So four major trilogies, and I just watched one. Um, so here we go. So I plan to watch Pirates of the Caribbean trilogy, uh, Star Trek trilogy. Oh, goodness, I forgot one. <laughs> I plan to watch... Um, Oh, Zack Snyder's trilogy of the DCEU, which is Man of Steel, uh, Batman v Superman, and of course his latest Justice League cut. And then the last trilogy I plan to watch, or one of the trilogies I plan to watch, another, the fourth one, is the Dark Knight trilogy. So all four great trilogies. Um, I've only seen, I have seen all, I have seen bit. For Star Trek and for um, The Dark Knight, I've seen of those films. I just never really sat down and just got a lot of it from those movies. Um, for Star Trek, I never saw the second, the sequels. And for The Dark Knight, I, I kind of, I have watched them, but I just never really kind of uh, gave it enough attention that it should have gotten. So I'm really ready to, to rediscover those movies. But for this podcast, I'm going to be talking about the Pirates of the Caribbean trilogy. I literally just finished the third film. Um, it took me probably a few days to watch the trilogy for Pirates. Um, I just watched a film a day, really. Um, but yeah, this is like legit. Even with Zack Snyder's Justice League, like Pirates of the Caribbean is still like top tier movies for me, especially at World's End. It's just still top tier. Um, yeah, I mean, when I was watching the three films, I just, you know, I mean, I wanted to watch it because I have uh, big things coming up. Um, but um, I wanted to watch it when I, I had a time for it, but I just wasn't really feeling it. So I was a little bit sad with that. Usually I say Pirates Memorial Day weekend, but I just, I, I really just wanted to watch it. I really, when it hit, like, really on April 30th, I was like, okay, I'm ready to watch. Because April 30th was a Friday. And I was like, oh, man, I really want to watch a good movie today. And I really just so on Saturday I watched the first Pirates of the Caribbean, or Friday I watched the first Pirates, and Saturday I finished it. So yeah, I split up the film. Um, but uh, yeah, watching the trilogy again, it was fun. I noticed a lot of things. Well, I noticed like watching the trilogy 
like back to back to back. It really made me see how the trilogy flowed well with one another. And, you know, it just really makes me sad. Like when I got near the end of the third film, it just really made me think like, man, like we don't really have, like that was the last film with Gore Verbinski directing. And it just, you know, you know, the whole like uproar with Zack Snyder, like restore the Snyderverse, um, which I support, but legit, um, it's just sad, you know, because the other sequels to Pirates, Pirates 4 and 5, they're not Gore's vision. They're, they're not really the world of Pirates of the Caribbean that we know of. Um, at least for me, they're not. They're just not as in tuned as the first three films are. Um, I did consider watching the fourth and fifth film along with the trilogy. I may do that um, because, you know, it is part of the story. And it, as much as I really don't care about those movies... They are a part of it. Um, I did watch the first three films on Disney Plus. Um, I know the fifth film is on there, but the fourth film is not. So they took that one off. I don't know why they took the fourth film off. Um, oh well, but I've been watching them on Disney Plus. I do have them all on DVD and Blu-ray. Uh, the first three I have on Blu-ray. The fourth one I have on Blu-ray. The fifth one I do not have on Blu-ray. Uh, but I really hate the fifth film. I think the fifth film is one of my least favorite films ever made. Uh, just because they butchered the story so much um but you know i'm excited to rewatch it because you know i think when i think about the pirates franchise no matter what the film is i'm always going to have somewhat a good time with it um you know i re-watching really i really enjoyed re-watching the first one the most because you know i don't really talk about the first one a lot as much as i do with the sequels of pirates of the caribbean uh, Damage System, I was in more specifically. And rewatching that film, that film is beautiful. It really is. Like, I love the crystal blue waters. I love the Caribbean waters, uh, especially on the Rum Runner Isle that Jack and Elizabeth are stranded on. That's a beautiful shot. It's just a beautiful location. It's just so beautiful. Uh, you can tell they really, really it made you feel like you're a part of the Caribbean world. And for the first film and through the third film, you really felt like you were in it. Um, that's something I never really felt like I was a part of and really the fifth film. I need to rewatch the fourth film. It's been a while. Um, in the fourth film in terms, well, I don't really want to talk about the fourth film. I'll save that for another podcast if I cover them, but it's so hard to separate. So, okay. So from this point on, it's just going to be the trilogy, but, um, well, before I get onto the trilogy, I was just saying, you know, I think that's the big difference. The trilogy always made me feel a part of the world and the fourth and fifth films kind of made me more of a spectator rather than actually being in it i i don't know if that makes sense but i the fourth and fifth film the fourth and fifth film i just felt like it was just there and it was like yeah take it or leave it the first three films they grabbed you and made you a part of it in a good way but i mean i just felt like i was fully in part of the power world so yeah that's why I love the first three films so much because you just feel so connected. And it's so sad that that's not how really Pirates is really remembered to this day. I mean, now it's just just Jack. And I guess you could argue saying it was always just Jack. But I mean, you know, I didn't just like Jack Sparrow back when I was a kid watching these movies. So let's talk about that. <laughs> so basically, to talk about the first three films of Pirates Caribbean, the original trilogy it's important to acknowledge the three main characters. And that of course is Jack, Will, and Elizabeth. 
So basically, these three characters are introduced in the first movie. Um, you know, we we're first introduced with Elizabeth Swan. She's a young girl singing about dreaming of being dreaming of being with the pirates. You know, she's fascinated by pirates. And, you know, of course, Will Turner, The Wreck, uh, The Black Pearl, Elizabeth Witnesses, and then she afforded eight years later. I mean, she still has a medallion of her, from Will. Uh, she was afraid that he was a pirate, um, that that would, uh, you know, that he would die. So she sold the necklace, uh, the, um, the Aztec gold, and uh, the pirate medallion, and she kept it to herself. Um, and then she wakes up eight years later. Woo! <laughs> Um, we know the story. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's important to know, you know, I always kind of said the first film was a way to introduce us to these characters. So right off the bat, we know Elizabeth is so fascinated with pirates. She's not your typical lady in the 18th century. She's like a rebel. She goes against the grain. She rather, you know, when people wear red, she wants to wear blue. If, 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 if you have to, you know, she she rather go against the crowd and be really just be herself rather than be a stuck up rich person. Um, but yeah, she's fascinated with the subject that's frowned upon, um, even in her adult life. And when she when she meets Jack Sparrow, like the first really identifying part she meets she is not afraid she's captivated you know she's very intrigued um she's not afraid or scared or or intimidated you know she's she's just learning taking everything in and that's really elizabeth in the first film she just learns and adapts um so that's elizabeth so will you know as we find out through the course of this film he's in love with elizabeth of course um, we found out. We find out that he is, you know, um, searching for his father. Has you know, uh, but finds out that his father was a pirate, and that his father caused this curse in the pirates, and uh, that his father's blood and his blood is needed to lift the curse to set them free. And really, Will in the first movie is really about him coming to terms with his. Uh, love for Elizabeth and also with his connection to piracy and by the end of the film yeah it works out for him um, Jack you know overall as I'll talk about this more um, Jack in the first movie is probably the best performance of Jack in the whole series and that's no shade to the sequels it's just because the first movie is really Jack's story. That's completely his story with, um, you know, getting revenge against Barbosa, getting, getting, you know, getting rightfully what's his. And that is the Black Pearl, being captain of the Black Pearl with a faithful crew. And um, it basically, that's the goal in the first movie. He does avenge. And when he pulls that trigger, you know, that's it. Barbosa's done for. Um, and, you know, with that being said, you know, that's why I feel like the first movie is really Jack's story. Uh, no, no, not, 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 uh, not, uh, I'm not limiting Will and Elizabeth here. I'm just saying, like, 
with the first movie in terms of setup, we really got to understand all these characters really well. And, you know, and they all have a story. But overall, Jack walks away with the big... I mean, I guess you can say they all walk away with the big prize at the end. You know, Jack with the Pearl and Will and Elizabeth finally have this understood uh, relationship with each other. And, um, I mean, I guess it's so... But, I mean, I would say Jack... The first one was really Jack's story. And moving on from that, I'll go more into that later. Uh, but, yeah, let's move on to the second movie. So, the second movie, we open up a year or two... I think it's a year later. Um, and, you know, Elizabeth is drenched in rain. It's her wedding day. And, of course, Lord Cutler Becker interrupts it, arrests his will and her for helping Jack Sparrow escape from the gallows, which they're also trying to go to the gallows for. Um, Lord Beckett sends Will to find Jack's to get the compass. Um, and if he does that, it comes back to Port Royal, he'll let Elizabeth and Will go free of the whole party. Um, complications row, Will goes on the journey, but it's not so simple. Will gets pressed again on the Flying Dutchman and gets reunited with his father, um, which his quest is set up. So, Really, Demian's chest. I think that this is so interesting. They all have um, their side. They all have two quests. And then, like, they have their first part of the quest, and they, ha they have the second part, which changes it to something more. So let's start with Will. Will first try to find the cover to save Elizabeth. Then the second part of that quest is trying to find a way to save his father, you know, when he meets up with his father. So that's his second quest, his big quest. For Jack... Jack is really trying to find a way to get off Davy Jones's bad side. You know, really just trying to find a way to get away from Davy Jones, get away from this death. That's his first part of the quest. Second part of it is facing his fears and confronting it. So it's basically instead of running away, he's running towards. So that's really, it's like his first little thing is trying to get away. and But the overall confrontation of that is facing it head on. So yeah, it's kind of the same thing, but yet he goes a different approach with this. So it shows change. Um, Elizabeth, you know, her first little major quest is to try to find Will uh, when she escapes Pro Oral. And uh, basically, yeah, you know, in her second part of the quest, really, Elizabeth's second part of the quest is to make sure everyone gets off, you know, gets off gets make sure that everyone lives and i'll talk about that more as of when i get to her but going to jack you know i mean with davy jones coming back he knows that he's in trouble he knows that there's a monster the kraken and uh he knows that that means that can't be anything that can't be anything but good and uh really he uses wills he used will to, to help settle his debt and he uses elizabeth because he is so unsure um but what he wants most he uses her as a as a vessel really to get what he wants most without him being so confused um so yeah <laughs> but yeah jack you know he runs so far away but by the end he ultimately decides to face the Kraken, really, um, because it, 
it was the right thing to do. And that's some dialogue that he and Elizabeth share saying, um, uh, basically they were telling each other, you know, like one, like she was telling him like one day you'll have a chance to show that we are alive by doing the right thing. And, uh, basically it was fulfilled in the second film and third film really. Um, but more on that. But and for the second film is him going back to save them from the Kraken. So yeah, that's Jack. That's his main story with David Jones. Will, like I said, is to trying to find a way to save Elizabeth, and then it's trying to find a way to save his father. Um, which is his main story. And like I said, Jack Sparrow's story I feel like is mainly in the first film, like is mainly his story. And the second film, I mainly feel like this is Will's story because it's so set up with him and his father. I feel like that's where, like, the really where the heart <laughs> is in this movie is with those scenes. And it just really just kind of sets really just the world of Davy Jones, like the terminology, the, the setting, uh, really what they're up against, you know, Will faces with Davy Jones and, you know, with the first Kraken battle and, um, well, it's just great in the second movie. Um, I, I, he, he just really takes charge, and I really do like that a lot. Um, and with the first crack attack and the second one, with the experience with it. So, I mean, he's he uh, he really does take charge, and it's really a good leadership quality for him to have, um, which is not, unfortunately, in the third film. I feel like he acts more on his own rather than leads people in the third film. But um, moving on. To Elizabeth. So Elizabeth, you know, to me, she really is the character that doesn't really have any connection to the chess, per se, in this movie. But like I said in the first film, she really just kind of learns and takes everything in. From her interactions with Beckett, from her interactions with her father, from her interactions with Will, from her interactions with Jack. She takes everything in, and she learns and grows from it. Uh, you know, with Beckett, you know, she's very determined to get... She's very... Nothing can convince her to go help them you know nothing will convince her to help beckett in any way shape or form with will you know she trusts him but she's willing to do anything that she needs to do to keep him safe uh with jack you know it, elizabeth and jack in this movie they really bond and it was very great to see them bond in a way um because i see how these characters like jack and elizabeth bounce off each other Jack really tells her, you know, you and I are alike because you long for freedom. You you want to do what you want most. And then there was be a day where you just won't be able to resist it. And uh, really, that is the end of the movie. That's Elizabeth at the end of this movie where she does a pirate thing and does a selfish thing and change Jack to the mass so that she and the others can live. I guess you could say that's a very selfless thing, but... She's not the one standing back here, um, but she's the one causing a sacrifice of Jack Sparrow because she knows the Kraken. And I feel like this is so important. She knows the Kraken's not after the Pearl. She knows that. She knows the Kraken is after Jack. And when she sees him rowing away when they're fighting the Kraken, um, she calls him a coward. And then when Jack comes back, she realizes this is what he's been trying to run away from. This is what he's been trying to get away. And then she realizes no matter what, 
even if we all get off this, the Kraken won't stop. The Kraken will continue to hunt down until Jack's dead. So she knew that she had to do something about it, and then she chained in the mask, kissed him. Uh, that was a good kiss. <laughs> but, I mean, I love that scene with Elizabeth because, you know, it just shows you how far she's come. And it shows also the character who had no connection to the chest really anywhere at all in this movie, in the Demon's Chest movie. She really that scene reminds audiences that this character Elizabeth is not to be underestimated just because she doesn't have a story connection to the chest to Davy Jones or to Davy Jones himself does not mean does not mean she's any less important than any other characters and she's going to make herself be more involved and in that story where that scene where she knows where where she's in control, when she's in power, that she calls the shot and says, it's after you, not the ship. It's not us. I'm not sorry. And he calls her a pirate. She's a completely different character than the first movie. The first movie, she would be dreamed. She would have dreamed to be called a pirate. But now she was called a pirate because she was really killing a man. Murdering a man, really. Sending a man to his death. So, and that caused a lot of guilt for her. You know, she didn't want to be a pirate in that way. She wanted to be a pirate in her own way. And in her own way, it would have been free. No one, no one stopping her. But not in the, not in a bitter, dark mood like that was. So, yeah. But overall, like I said, Damon's chest is really Will's story with this father. And moving on to our world's end, and I guess y'all can go ahead and pick up the pieces for it. I believe our world's end is really Elizabeth's story. Um, you know, I feel like from two films with the character growing and learning and ending with a, such a strong note for the character, our world's end was not shy to deliver her in the most epic way possible. So before I get to her, I'm going to do Jack, then I'm going to do Will, then I'm going to do her. So for Jack Sparrow in this movie, he's not in it till like 45 minutes in. You know, it's so incredible. Um, but Jack, you know, they're going off to get Jack, rescue Jack from the JBJ's locker because he failed to, uh, to, fail to pass off the title to someone else for the Caribbean Sea, for Pirate Lord of the Caribbean Sea. And uh, so they go off to rescue Jack to summon the brethren in court, really, to because the more time passes, uh, this break between Demon's Chest and the World's End, two months have passed, and Beckett has grown a whole lot. He, you know, Beckett, Beckett knows where the, you know, he knows that there's a brethren in court, he knows that there's pirate lords, and, you know, Getting Jack back will help some of the brother in court to, you know, Barbosa knows that if they can get all the pirate lords together, then they can release the Calypso. But anyway, Jack in this movie, when he's rescued from David Jones' locker, he, well, in David Jones' locker, he's very delusional. He's talking to himself. He's in a state of limbo where there's no concept of time. And I think that's a very interesting way to 
to uh, uh, portray that. Um, but when uh, he's rescued and they get back to the land of the living, uh, really at World's End poses the question, what do you want most? So for Jack, what he wants most is only immortality. He wants to live forever. You know, he wants to be a captain of the flying Dutchman, really. He wants to have that immortality. He doesn't want to be worried about death because dying once he had enough of. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's really his main quest in this movie. He, what he wants most is to be immortal, be captain of the flying Dutchman. So yeah, that's Jack's. That's what. So for Will, what he wants most is to save his father. Still, that's really his main goal, is to save his father from the flying Dutchman. It is from the start of the movie to the end of the movie. That's his goal. Um, the majority of the movie, yeah. For Elizabeth, you know, it took me a while to figure out what Elizabeth wanted most. You know, it, I used to say Elizabeth, well, I mean, the main thing, like, oh, I remember, like, watching featurettes and then uh, Jared Bruckheimer said, Elizabeth wants to be with Will. Um, it's more than that, you know, she would, like, I, I think both those characters Elizabeth, would want to be together, but, you know, there's so much other stuff going on, it's not simply that plain, you know, so I used to say it was revenge for her father's death, but, and that's, it's partly true, yes, but really what Elizabeth wants most in A World's End is to fight, to have a war. And we see that from the start of the movie is subtly hinted, or not subtly, but she says it in the beginning of the movie. When, um, when Sal Fang is saying, what can any of us do in the bathhouse in Singapore? And she says, you can fight. And uh, she's like, you're a coward carrying your bathwater where everyone's like, like our enemies are just emerging. So like, basically she was calling him out for his coward, cowardice. So basically we know that she wants to fight. You know, she she wants to fight the most. And another thing about At World's End is not it, it, like just because like so we all so we know what the three main characters want most. They Jack wants to have a more immortality. Will wants to save his father. Elizabeth wants to fight. But the three, but the three of those wants have consequences for. Like there's a quote from Tia Dalma that is really the quote of the movie for me. Uh, where she says, um, for what we want most, it was a cost that must be paid for in the end. And for Jack, the cost of, so really the want for Jack, the desire to have more immortality. Um, basically, when he has it in his hands, really in his hands, he's about to do it, Will stabbed. And then his moral character is in question. So yes, he could still stab the heart of Davy Jones, but live really a guilty conscience for the rest of his life. Really live that pain, that 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 guilt, that 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 you know that 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 feeling for the rest of his life um, and his moral character. And it goes back to what Elizabeth said to him in the second film. There'll be a one day where you show that you have a that you would be a good man. And really elizabeth i mean jack shows that he's a good man by letting will stab the heart by helping him stab the heart of davy jones um so yeah he gave up immortality for will isn't that sweet 
<laughs> okay, for Will. So he wants to save his father the most, but it is stated in this movie. Um, Will says to Jack, I'm losing her, Jack. Every step I take from my father is a step away from Elizabeth. And that's really it. Uh, you know, the cost for wanting to save his father is losing Elizabeth. And unfortunately, that is the case. He does lose Elizabeth. He loses her uh, for 10 years, just for 10 years. Um, every 10 years. <laughs> but um, he uh, saves his father. He gets married to Elizabeth in the end. But yeah, that it costs that relationship. You know, it costs being with her every day, though. It did. Um, for Elizabeth, well, you may be thinking, what is the cost for her wanting to fight? Well, look at this. So Elizabeth Swan in The World's End, really every character that she's interact interacted with in The World's End dies. Uh, you know, Jack Sparrow dies. Well, he doesn't die, but, you know, he's dead at the start of at World's End. Mm -hmm. uh, Will, well, not Will. Let me get to another character first. Her father dies, which is probably the biggest death for her not the biggest death but um it's just it was the first major death that she witnessed that she knew that having a war would cause you know her father being murdered by lord beckett then the next death is james norrington you know basically she witnesses that death by him saving getting her off the flying dutchman and she sees him die she sees him die and that is a character that she's very well connected with in the for, for the other two movies and she's very saddened by that loss as was as well with her father and then the third death she witnesses is Sal Feng you know he dies aboard the Empress and he grants her captain the position of captain and that's another loss she witnesses uh, and then the last loss is Will, the death of Will. Um, so that is a grand total of four losses. She has four losses in this movie from her dad, from her old, really old childhood. Not, uh, I don't really know how to describe Norrington. Her ex-fiance, uh, her, you know, a, a pirate captain, and then Will, her husband. It's just those losses really just shape her to be just a lot more numb you know we see that with her father she like i said uh, originally says she wanted revenge for her father's death um no she really wants to fight and the cost of that is loss you know she's gonna lose people around her from her father from her a friend from people from her husband you know she's gonna lose people around her um and she's gonna be the one standing so That'd been very interesting to see if they did it a lot more darker, and it was Elizabeth seeing the consequences of war, um, and she does. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just yeah, Whew, dark. <laughs> but um, but yeah, that's all for your list. So for Jack, the one for immortality, he's gonna his moral character is gonna be in question. For Will, wanting to save his father, he's going to lose Elizabeth. For Elizabeth wanting to fight, she's going to experience loss all around her. And all those three 
characters, you know, they all have their own journey. You know, I think that's so important. Um, yes, they all three infect each other, but yet they're all three have their own paths. And I think that's so cool to see that in the whole course of the trilogy. They all three have their own path and not one of them can tell them otherwise what to do. So that's very interesting. But like I said, how I feel about it, I think overall the Pirates trilogy is Elizabeth Swan's story. But yet, as you look through each movie, I think Pirates 1 is Jack's overall story. I think Pirates 2 is Will's overall story. And I think Pirates 3 is Elizabeth's overall story. Because Pirates 1, you see Jack get justice and revenge for his for his mutiny and gets his problem, gets his ship and captain title back. His rightful captain title. For Will... In Demon's chest, you know, we see him connect with his father. And those, like I said, those scenes felt like they were the heart of the movie. And, you know, Will leads. He has leadership roles. And for Elizabeth in the third film, she has just this strong determination to fight and not, not be wimped out. She doesn't want to be intimidated by it. And she's the only character in A World's End that does not be, that is not swayed by Beckett. Uh, you know, we have we have Will that's working for Beckett. We have Jack who's working for Beckett. We have we have um, Norrington who's just you know, but I mean between the two of them and Elizabeth, Elizabeth's so confident in herself that she's that in the pirate side that you know she knows that you know I think everything from the first two movies led to a world's end for Elizabeth. And I just love to see that character grow and to really just shine in the movie. She has some of the best scenes in our world's in that it's just so mind blowing. I think the best scene with her is that speech, you know, her giving that speech to the pirates saying like, what are y'all the build rats? Like you're pirates. And I feel like that's from the first film. That's from the second film. Everything that she's experienced up to that moment, she's, fierce and she's strong and she's courageous and she's leading and i just love to see it i love to see it she's not intimidated by anyone in that ship no not anyone even there she fights with honor and she fights for freedom it's very um it's very uh it's just very inspiring I guess to see a character go through that a character who's always looked up or kind of have she's always had jack sparrow or will turner uh two characters that you know she's interacted in the first two movies where she's grown with and interacted with and who has you know she's really took took everything in and and became her own and i love that about her in the third movie so yeah i will say uh, that's how i feel about it um i love this trilogy this this is probably this is probably my favorite trilogy. this is my favorite trilogy i mean it's just so fun to watch every summer i may rewatch him again soon i mean I'm, I'm sure by the time memorial day comes around i mean i'm i'm gonna have to give them another watch but i just want to review these movies together collectively like this because the trilogy is so well done. Gore Verbinski did a wonderful job directing it. It's so sad that he won't be a part of the other parts films. Or I don't know. I don't even want another parts film. I just want it to slowly die at this point. 
But I mean, you know, I mean, there were so many great things about this trilogy that even inspired me to learn more about films, to study in film, to graduate in communications, and to just be so passionate about video editing and passionate about talking and analyzing movies in general. And I think that's so fascinating. It all came from Pirates of the Caribbean. So that's just, you know, I have a special place for those movies in my life. They're just great. Um, I use them as a crutch for a lot of ways I don't talk about things. I did that for how I study with tests sometimes, you know. So, I mean, it's just great. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know if you, if you, if whoever's listening to this podcast, if you never really kind of understood the third film, like maybe like having what those three characters want in mind from immortality to saving their father to wanting the fight and having the cost of that being the question of your moral character to lose the love of your life, to lose everyone else around you. It's just, it, it, it you know, I mean, it just shows you how dark and serious a world in goes. And I love the film for it. Um, it's still my favorite movie of all time. I don't think there'll be anything to replace it. I, I mean, there's other, there's a lot of film that I've seen in theaters that I just love, but I don't think anything will top how I felt when I watched Pirates 3 in, in a movie premiere night. That was incredible. I was nine. It was incredible. Just the amount of people dressed up as pirates was alone that made the film worthwhile from the audience reaction. It just really felt like a finale. And you know, I kind of wish it stayed that way in the long run, you know? But anyway, uh, but that that's it for this podcast. Um, I do not know if I plan to do that for Star Trek or the rest of the trilogy I plan to talk, talk about. I may do that for the Zack Snyder trilogy I plan to talk about. But Pirates of the Caribbean is a trilogy that I watched probably over all three films together, probably for over uh, 14, 15 years. So, I mean, it's just, it's just been, it's not 14. It will be 14. Is it 14? Yeah, it is 14. It will be 14 years this Memorial Day weekend. So, I mean, studying this, studying these films for over 10 years, you know, it's just, it's just crazy. How much I still get out of it, and how much I still love talking about it and analyzing it. It's just so fun. Um, but I do try to space it out for every Memorial Day weekend or every May or every summer. It's just so much fun to watch Pirates movies at that time, just because that's when they were released during the summer. Um, and it's a great time. I, I will never forget, I did research um, over the Pirates trilogy, Gore Verbinski, and uh, you know, it was something called an immaculated reality where it made you feel like you're actually a part of the world. And that is something, like I said, it's just always something I always feel I'm actually in the Caribbean. I'm actually in the pirate world. It's just something that you just, I mean, I watched these films as a kid as well. So, I mean, I don't know if that's also my imagination to be like, oh man, like I'm just in it. But I mean, still to this day, I love watching the movies. They're great. I have a lot of fun. I love watching it with friends. Um, even though they probably hate me talking about it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I just love talking about these movies. They're, they're, they're like family in a weird way. <laughs> but anyway, uh, that'll be all for this podcast. I cannot wait to talk more about the film with you guys in the next one. So until then, bye.